0: Fix <laughs> it
1: Hello and welcome to the Scotland's Choice podcast. The journey to a referendum is underway. So join us as we discuss how together we can build a fairer, a more equal and a more prosperous Scotland. Our goal is to ensure that our listeners are informed, that they're encouraged to get involved and will hopefully inspire others to think about the possibilities for Scotland because...
2: As our country renews, we need to choose our own future before somebody
0: else chooses it for
1: us. I'm your host, Drew Hendry MP, and in this episode, I'm in conversation with Alan Smith MP and Yes Stirling activists Greg and Jerry. Former solicitor Alan has been SNP MP for Stirling since 2019 and was one of Scotland's MEPs for 15 years. He holds the post of Honorary Vice President of the Scottish Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Jerry has been a member of the SNP since 1971 and is convener of the Stirling City SNP branch. He enjoys a bit of gardening when he isn't out campaigning or watching his favourite team Celtic. Jerry also makes cracking independence videos for social media along with Greg. Greg himself has been a Yes! activist since the 2014 campaign and is the administrator for Yes! Sterling Social Media. He used to be a full-time musician and whilst he still enjoys playing, the past couple of years have seen him excel more at housework. <laughs> Alan, Greg and Jerry, thank you for joining us on this episode of Scotland's Choice.
3: Good to see you. Good to see
0: you,
1: thank you. Now. Thank you. Alan, starting with you, in in your experience since the campaign in 2014 what are the main issues that the people of Stirling and the wider area care about when it comes to the governance uh, of Scotland and and indeed local issues?
3: Well, The the local is the national and obviously I'm, I'm new to Stirling in terms of being Stirling's MP down at Westminster but I represented Stirling along with the rest of Scotland in the European Parliament since 2004 and things have changed massively and and this is one of the things when I'm doing outreach down in London to embassies or whoever that folks in London view the EU referendum as a standalone event Mm -hmm. when for us in Scotland it came 18 months after the, the independence campaign, the independence referendum and much as the result wasn't what we from our perspective wanted, we accepted it because we're democrats, we believe in the rule of law, we got on with our lives and it was the EU referendum that agitated so many people out of not being hostile to independence but not being convinced mm-hmm. to being actually very enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. Now Stirling is a big university town, uh, university city of course as, as legally we are so so the academic interest in freedom of movement uh, the EU research funds, the uh, getting academics in and out easily without huge visa complications, the general tone of the debate uh, I've, I've found that Stirling having voted no 60% in 2014 voted remain 67%, well above the Scottish average and that has continued. We've got a very active uh, European movement, Stirling for Europe, we've got uh, a number of people who are now looking at the Constitution really afresh and that runs through pretty much all of my engagement with everything in Stirling because mm-hmm. so much of what we've seen uh, because of the economic consequences for our farmers we don't have many fishermen in Stirling I have to say, mm-hmm. but farmers we've got, we've got millions and they are directly coming to me, because I was on the European Parliament's agriculture committee, Mm agriculture is still close to my heart, with real world problems about exports, about imports, about getting hold of medicines, about getting hold of vet staff, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, farmers across Stirling are not planting crops right now because they've got no faith that they're Mm going to have people to to harvest them. So, So the EU aspects actually run through an awful lot of the local stuff as well and delighted of course to work with an SNP Labour Coalition Administration for Stirling Mm. District and uh, we're doing a lot of good stuff to keep people safe from the economic consequences of Covid uh, doing our best to fight against universal credit Uh, that's one of the the issues that rarely regularly
1: especially Uh, with the loss of the £20 a week uh, exactly uh, that Uh, uh,
3: uh, I was at uh, Startup Stirling uh, one one of uh, our essentially a food bank that does a lot Mm. of other stuff uh, just last week and uh, it, it is heartbreaking to see the £20 that people had come to rely upon that's now been taken away mm-hmm. and uh, Scottish Government of course has announced that they're going to make good that shortfall but why should we be using Scottish domestic resource mm-hmm. to mitigate Westminster's bad policies? Well it's, it's like N-
1: Nicholas Sturgeon says there are ways of mitigating mm-hmm. it but we don't have the access to the means. It, it, Greg can I Come to you. We've just been hearing Alan's view on the main issues for uh, Sterling. What What are your views about the the main issues as they affect people locally? I think um,
2: generally, as activists, we're in the bubble all the time, so we're always like living it every day. You know, I'm on on online looking at what people are saying every day, and um, and discussing and reading people's viewpoints. And it's not really like that when you're out in the street. People come by and they go, well, "What's this? What's this? Still this? Yes, still What's that? Or mm-hmm. you know." So, then they're sort of forced into talking about it there and then. And uh, people care about their everyday things that everybody else cares about, they're not really um, concerned with the things that, that 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 anger us as activists, sort of, and they just want to know that they've got a job and they're going to have money and the money's going to be safe. And that
0: we'll,
2: we'll it's deficit jobs, deficit.
1: jobs, housing, cost of living, those kinds of things, yeah. That, uh, yeah.
2: People. Je-
1: Jerry, what are what are your views uh, on the main
0: hey, issues? I, I can pick up quite a lot. Al. Instead, I I was heavily involved in the 2014, well, basically the 2012 campaign because it started well before 2014, um, and a lot I've been involved, for a long time, actively in politics in Stirling. It is a very pro-European part of Scotland. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was obvious to us during the 2014 campaign, when we were running stalls every week, when we were chapping doors, that the Europe question was one that kept coming back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a sore one um, when, just after the referendum, another referendum followed, that took us out of Europe. And it's something that we have ruthlessly used to, uh, to, to build a, a, a vote here, because people People Who are very who are very pro European still feel very betrayed from the 2014. That runs
1: deep in Sterling, that pro kind of EU. Definitely. One thing we'll, to be we'll a, that a European up, yeah. country.
0: That's, yeah. uh, that Alan, i know that for his own campaign, we, 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 it was one of the main tag messages we ran during his election campaign, and uh, it was a big asset having somebody like Alan, who was from the European Parliament, uh, mm-hmm. standing as a candidate. It was without doubt one of the reasons why we got such a high high vote
1: here in Stirling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alan Alan mentioned the um, uh, the, the, the EU students the fact that you know the universities had a a long connection Um, however uh, that welcoming place that Stirling has been has seen a 41% decrease in applications since uh, Brexit was implemented. Uh, Alan how's this impacted on Stirling University and the local economy you know like you say with that long history of Stirling Mm. hosting international students
3: yeah it's heartbreaking I mean and and I I struggle to sound rational in this stuff because I did Erasmus uh, back in 1992 it was a a, a very different sort of thing but I I did my year at Heidelberg and that was transformative for me personally it Mm -hmm. was uh, Erasmus even goes even further back. It was Winnie Ewing when she was president of the Education Committee, Indeed, exactly. was was responsible for starting the, the the general consensus that this would be a good thing to do. Uh, so, so so Erasmus is in the SNP's DNA, and the idea that that's been taken away from future generations of students just breaks my heart. It, mm-hmm. Even today, with uh, a meeting at an embassy here in London where we were talking about, and it turned out everyone round the table had done Erasmus and just bereft at the idea that that's been removed and and in Stirling it's hit particularly hard because as you say there was such a long tradition of there being EU students in and out Mm -hmm. our guys went overseas as well and brought that experience back Uh, Stirling's a very international place much more than it would be without the uni without Fourth Valley College We, we, Mm -hmm. we just wouldn't have those links and it grieves me that that's something that we might be losing and that's something that I'm working to get back in, in any shape or form or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not breaking any secrets to say that I'm, I'm working with people in Brussels to work out what needs to be done to the Erasmus framework to get Scotland back into it mm-hmm. because obviously formally, legally at present we're not an independent state therefore mm-hmm. uh, there's no there's no place for us in Erasmus unless there was a dispensation given which is being met with a warm response I have to say mm-hmm. but it'll be a longer term project. Uh, but the impact on sterling has meant that there's fewer students, which means that there's fewer people mm-hmm. kicking about. There's fewer uh, uh, business from that. But but just the the narrowing of the the the, the range of people around mm-hmm. yeah. it is a tragedy, and, and that's something that we need to fix quickly. Before uh, my concern that there might be in four years' time a, whole, a new generation of students that barely remembers what the Erasmus program was. Mm-hmm. It was just a thing that used to happen. Indeed. You know, like look at how how quickly. Tuition fees in England became not actually a point of contention anymore. Mm-hmm. The, the, the NUS England gave up that fight within two years because there wasn't any students that thought it was thought it was worth fighting. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a, a, a lot to be won in that, but the, but the impact on Scotland everywhere else in Scotland and the UK to be to be fair, it's just a a, a diminishing of the horizons. Mm. Jerry, have you noticed
1: that impact locally? The the fact that the students aren't there, the impact on the economy, the vibe of the place that. Um, you know, that, that
0: we could, we should be striving to get back? Well, it is the unique feature that adds greatly to Stirling. I'm originally from the, the real west of Scotland, just outside Glasgow, and there's many towns that are the same size and the same makeup as Stirling, but what gives Stirling that unique feeling is exactly what Alan said earlier on, that internationalism that comes in mm-hmm. through the students. Um, there is still students around, there are, there are probably not as many, there's probably not as many nationalities covered, um, and as it's, 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 it's the, the, the town is lesser for that, um, hopefully, hopefully something can be a put in scheme. It can be put in to, uh, to to fill that gap because there's no doubt about it as a loss. Like every 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 city centre, town centre up and down Scotland, mm-hmm. uh, people are struggling to uh, to, to fill premises. Um, and students are a crucial part of our economy. In fact, when increasingly through work Alan's been doing, we've been recognising I think it's
1: Great. And, and Greg, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the, the, the the lack of students now and the fact that uh, you know this is something we should have an ambition to get back?
2: And yeah, um, obviously being with everything that's been said so far. I actually live among uh, students um, where, I, where I am and uh, so you get chatting to them uh, now and again and they're, they're from all over and they have a really positive um, uh, view of Stirling in Scotland and they always they always say that they, they feel welcomed and they, they they enjoy staying here as well so it's always a, a, a positive one and i always reflect that as well and i say well it would be great if you finish your studying that you mm. you might want to live yeah. here and, and contribute to the to the economy
1: because that's key isn't um, it you know pe- people who come here to study particularly young people in scotland which is a country that's always had a problem with people emigrating out <laughs> um, from it, as opposed to immigrating in um, that yep. you know when students have a base here they, they sometimes bring their skills families um, and they, they add to the economy that's really important on, on that theme and talking about people coming here Alan your your role is foreign affairs spokesperson for the SNP uh, what do you see is the biggest opportunity for Scotland as an independent country when it comes to the issues of immigration and asylum and, and how is what's happening currently impacting on the wider Sterling area. Mm.
3: I, I, I think the big win of independence aside from the dignity of making our own decisions and representing ourselves in the wider world yeah. is, is getting back into the EU and all the advantages that that means for us to contribute to the EU's common challenges as well as the benefits mm. that we get you know it, it, it's not a balance sheet of course but Exactly, as you say, Drew, Scotland's tragedy for 200 years was that we exported our people. And that was for a variety of reasons, but that's left the people of Scotland with a different view to immigration. Mm -hmm. Because it's only recently, we're a third of the UK landmass, we've Mm -hmm. got five and a half million people, but we're not full. there's plenty of room. Mm -hmm. And one of the big issues that we're facing across Stirling just now, is be- having lost freedom of movement, having and COVID hasn't helped, of course. But it's been freedom of movement, is losing freedom of movement, that's been the big thing. Uh, hospitality businesses, uh, rural hotels, uh, the farmers themselves, uh, the, the the food industry, uh, the, the the vets and the abattoirs, mm-hmm. the, the the packers, the pickers, just aren't there, and that's causing real problems right now. But that's only going to accelerate because mm-hmm. we've got a labour gap that just isn't being of filled. So getting back into freedom of movement opens up a pool of 500 million people mm-hmm. uh, to, who'll be able to come, live, work, study, retire in Scotland. That would be hugely advantageous. We'll also get the chance to develop a specifically Scottish immigration policy mm-hmm. for the wider world and, and that's the the next aspect that uh, as well as an, an immigration policy that will be based on what we need but also the opportunities that, and obligations we have with the wider world And then the next side is that uh, we'll be able to develop an asylum policy that's actually got decency and humanity at its heart rather than the rhetoric which we see from elements of the UK government not exclusively but the people at the charge and and Mm -hmm. on top of it we've we've seen that just this week with some dreadful legislation
1: and people people living locally do want to see that uh, that more, you know, uh, open-minded,
3: uh, progressive worldview, don't they? I've, I've, been, I've been blown away. We've, we've got an organisation, I mean there's a number of organisations, the churches especially, but uh, there's an organisation, Fourth Valley Welcome, uh, which uh, exists specifically to welcome refugees to the, the, the wider mm-hmm. Fourth Valley, yeah. not just Stirling. And they're active on the asylum and immigration uh, issues. Uh, I get a considerable postbag from Stirling, often from church members and yeah. the congregations, but there's a, there's a huge interest and a huge disquiet about the way the UK is presenting itself to the world mm-hmm. right now and, and also the, the, the selective amnesia that the UK uniquely has an issue with movement of people when one in four people in Lebanon right now is a refugee. There's millions upon millions of displaced of people mm-hmm. uh, in Syria and Iraq. Turkey's hosting estimates vary but it's about three and a bit million people as refugees mm-hmm. so the idea that that doesn't have implications for us on the far northwest corner of Europe mm-hmm. is for the birds uh, everything's connected to everything else on this stuff and, and this is where the UK is just hitting all the wrong notes uh, imagine as a counterfactual that the European continent was upside down and Shetland was Lampedusa mm-hmm. damn sure we would be looking for European solidarity on this but the UK because they're, they're trying to pretend this ourselves alone, you know, dear old blight, plucky old blighty against the world, it it means that when the solidarity is needed it's not going to be there mm. and, and as Scotland we'll be able to put that compassion and big. now we're not going to be a soft touch, we, mm. we're going to have rules but the rules will be drawn up on the basis of our international obligations and a compassionate system yeah, well, I want to
1: come to Jerry and Greg in a minute about uh, you know the way this impacts locally on people and what the local people's feelings are. But y- you're mentioning the UK government and the Foreign Office hasn't exactly covered itself in gr- uh, glory recently with such events as the uh, horrendously mismanaged withdrawal from uh, from Afghanistan, mm. um, the situation that's seen Nazneen Zagiri uh, Ratcliffe uh, still locked up in. Uh, Iran unnecessarily. Um, how have successive foreign secretaries got it so wrong and how could an independent Scotland do it much better?
3: Mm.
1: Well,
3: the big thing for me in in, in all things is is multilateralism. Mm. You know, there, there's very few things that one country can solve on their own especially if you're talking about Afghanistan and, and what's shameful about Afghanistan is that um, it wasn't just the UK obviously it was lots of countries withdrew at once but once President Trump had made the decision to mm-hmm. pull the US Trump troops out of Afghanistan mm-hmm. and 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 Biden much as I'd, I would I'd vote for Biden a thousand times before I'd have voted for <laughs> Trump it was Biden that mm-hmm. just nodded through that policy mm-hmm. and there was all sorts of assurances which we are entitled to take on face value because we don't have access to the intelligence that the UK mm-hmm. government US government has that the Afghan troops will cope, they've all been trained up really well, they've all been supplied really well. And actually, on the ground, as we now know, there was an awful indication that said, well, we're not going to stand behind you, so we're just going to give these guys free reign. Mm-hmm. So if you were an Afghan troop, you're worried for your family, you're worried for what's, for what's happening. And they, they all went the other way, which is which is a dreadful situation for Afghanistan. But it was in retrospect, and we're all geniuses in retrospect, but from our position in in, in the SNP at Westminster, we asked these questions and we were assured that everything was going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And then not only was it not fine, there was all sorts of absurd political interference. And I I think that you'll have seen some of the coverage about this Penn Farthing and his uh, Mm -hmm. animal welfare. Of course, uh, yeah. Now, now I'm the honorary vice president of the SSPCA. Animal welfare is close to my heart. Mm but forgive me if we're evacuating people out of harm's way from a murderous regime, we get the women and children out, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and people, mm-hmm. where this seems to have been gratuitously interfered with by people who weren't even elected on the UK side. So, so there were some heroes. Uh, the, 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 the UK ambassador in Kabul was at his post and s- stuck it in mm-hmm. long, but there, there was a systemic failure. Mm-hmm. and the fact that it happened during the holidays when a number of people were on holiday and didn't break their holiday the mm-hmm. fact that the home, the Foreign Secretary himself was allegedly in touch but running a crisis operation from a sun lounger just doesn't work yeah. and it cuts to the heart of the way the UK government actually operates that there's just a lack of seriousness, a lack of integrity, mm-hmm. a lack of responsibility most of the meetings I have as Foreign Affairs Lead here don't make it to Twitter mm-hmm. because they're technical meetings where you need to be you need to be responsible and serious and I don't get many jokes in my speeches and it, <laughs> <laughs> it upsets me that I don't but that's yeah. the gig where so much of the UK government's output is, is performative rather than effective And do you think that would be different in, in an independent Scotland? In, in an independent Scotland we will be a smaller country mm-hmm. we get that, we're happy about that, we're relaxed about that we've yeah. got a huge amount of things to contribute But we're contributing to something that is bigger than ourselves Mm -hmm. and that necessitates a cooperation which necessitates a discipline and a respect Mm -hmm. which is what I don't think the UK government is showing the world we see that Mm -hmm. with relations with France right now Mm -hmm. it it, it was reported and and, and I I actually it rings totally true to me from all the meetings I've had with my French friends Mm -hmm. that President Macron saying here's this country that we should be cooperating with most closely Mm -hmm led by clowns. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the quote led by clowns. Mm-hmm. You know, that, yeah. that's not it's very damning. So well, yeah. it's not the language yeah. of diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And it and it rings perfectly true where the Scottish Government by contrast, and I think we've seen this with the COVID response, I think we saw mm-hmm. it with Nicola Sturgeon mm-hmm. at COP. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that Alec Sharma, at cop, didn't do a shift. He did he, mm-hmm. he did a he did a solid bit of work. But there there was a real willingness to engage with the world. And Scotland's cornerstone of our international outreach will be EU yeah, membership mm-hmm. and, and concentrating on our wider continent yeah. and through that the challenges of the world so th- the whole point of independence for me is not just to be the UK but smaller it's, mm-hmm. it, it's to do stuff differently and I think multilateralism will be baked into our DNA as we mm-hmm. establish the state
1: And, and Jerry, uh, Greg said earlier that you know a lot of the things that people care about locally are the kind of local issues but we've just been talking about some Big international issues there, the Afghan uh, withdrawal, uh, other things that are happening there. I mentioned uh, Nazanin Zagari Radcliffe, who's uh, still in uh, jail in Iran. Do you think that uh, people locally are aware of these issues, and that, do you feel that they they take those on board as well as the the housing, the cost of living, etc.?
0: We have a constituency that reflects Scotland uh, in the sense that we've got a town tow- and a big landward area. Um, and the, the, the concerns, international concerns, do reflect back into the, the constituency. One of the, one of the great prides I get for, for, for working uh, I mean part of the SNP is, is how we have not given in to this sort of uh, uh, moderating our tone when we talk to different people about our attitude to immigration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find it fascinating that uh, you see the debate elsewhere in the United Kingdom about the working class areas of the Red Wall and how they've turned out the Brexiteers. I think we should take great credit from the fact We've we've not flinched on this. We, we've stuck. We've we've come with our brand of civic nationalism, explained to people we're internationalists, and this is what's the benefits of it. Um, Stirling not that long ago was a 50-50 seat between Tory and Labour. Hmm. You know, it's, it's not, a still, it's not an S- It wasn't an S. N. P. Given. It was a it, there's law, There's large areas of working class de- in serious deprivation. We're now univers- almost universally back in the S. N. P. And that's the S. N. P. Coming to it with a message of you know, civic nationalism, internationalism, and and, and being proud of wh- where we want to be in the world. So, yeah, they do break through. They're not When it comes to day-to-day issues, yeah, people worry about their jobs and that, but the background music makes a great deal of difference to how people's influences are in the long term, and I think we take great credit for the fact that we've, we've not flinched from that. You, you, you're in Scotland, you're Scottish.
1: In, indeed. And, and, Greg, I want to move on um, just now. But talking about that... Uh, that, that fact that Stirling has been this 50-50 seat in the past and all this effort has gone into uh, winning it for the SNP and building up the support for in- independence. Moving on to the upcoming independence campaign, how important would you say that grassroots activism is in general and more specifically when it comes to the campaign for independence? Can you, can you give us an idea of what's going to be going on?
2: It's absolutely crucial, the, the grassroots. And... Um, the the issue that that we have is trying the the grassroots unfortunately is kind of a got a bit of a split at the moment and uh there's there's some grassroots who for invalid reasons i think assume that uh, that nothing is happening the SNP isn't doing anything and some even go as far as nicholas doesn't want independence i mean these these are like just crazy things that people are thinking and it's a, it's a bit unfortunate because now it's, it's
1: so you, close to the you, you said um, that what we what we need to do first is bring people together give them a wee shot in the arm and say look you know this is a collective journey is that the kind of message that, uh, that needs to go out? Yeah well I,
2: fortunately I, I, you know I'm, I'm also like a, a, a stakeholder in Business for Scotland as well mm. and um, Gordon McIntyre Kent uh, has done in Business for Scotland have done so many surveys about what what people care about as far as uh, independence is, is concerned. Um and and also we get a little bit of insight into what the what the future holds and what, what is sort of a coming our way. Yeah. Um, and and he was you know, the, the, the thing is that SNP going if they've got a plan A or a plan B, plan C, they're not going to tell everybody about it. I mean it's they're not going to start showing their their hand of cards um, to the opposition. Uh, now that has the unfortunate effect of, uh, as activists, they don't get that information either. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I've got absolute uh, faith that this is this is happening and it's, and it is coming. Yeah. Um, and we have to get COVID out the way first, first if we can get COVID out of the way. But that was that was explained. The Sturgeon said this and, would be dealt with before we got into that.
1: And and Jerry, what are your thoughts on that? How how would you important do you think activism is? You, I mean you're right, Bo- both of you guys are right at the heart of this, I know you work with people from other parties and none um, that support independence but uh, how, how important is activism?
0: I think, I think activism is important for several reasons. It's actually quite interesting. It's, it's not the crucial thing, actually. I think the crucial thing is the clear messages from leadership. Mm-hmm. The leadership has to sort of where we're going and how it's going to be. I think when the activism comes in and where people who are local and demonstrate their support for independence, is that other people can see them, that they are their neighbours, that they're friends. Uh, I think it's also important that we, we we bring people on board and we allow people to see that you don't have to be a member of a political party to also be supporting independence. So I think through the sterling work that Greg's done, I think that's that's something that's been maintained that there's there's a route in there you don't have to be a member of a political party. You can come and say, well, I want independence, um, and it's also good, you know, let's be candid that uh, I, I read with Rather mystified or mystified reaction to how how aggressive the 2014 campaign was. My no recollection <laughs> until the ballot box got o- until the ballot boxes got opened in Albert Hall, 2014 was actually a good, a very fun campaign. It was very enjoyable.
1: My my, uh, my re- recollection is that it was great fun as well. Um, in uh, yeah. the twenty fourteen campaign. There was lots of uh, energy about it, and uh, it was very good humoured. I, I felt even with yeah, the I, I, even I, I, with with the no campaign folk, the better together f- folk. You know, there, there wasn't any animosity.
0: So I'll think i I'll finish this one. I guess it's important, that's where the activists come in, and that's why it's very crucial, and that's why you get away from Twitter. I think when people work in the streets together, and we work with Alba people. We, uh, there was a street stall only two weeks ago, and I, I'd say 30% of the stall was Al- mm-hmm. Alba supporters. I think you demonstrate then that this is the type of Scotland you want. Mm-hmm. People can actually work together. It's too easy to be shouty on uh, social media. But when you actually see people working and, and being happy and, and talking and chatting away, I think that's the big message that activism can bring. We're moving into a social media age now where mm. well, it'll be important, but the messaging coming from above is absolutely going to be absolutely crucial. Indeed.
2: Drew, do I think, I think, you mind if I just pop in and say that? I think that whatever group that, that supports independence, whatever they are doing um, to to forward that cause, and um, we should all support it. So uh, as Gerry said, we've, we've got uh, people that are friends who moved over to Albert and, and such like, you know, if there's a, a march and it create, you know only draws 200 people, we, we shouldn't be ridiculing that because mm. we're all in the same yeah. we're all in the same side. So we we should all be supporting uh, anyone and, and everyone that's doing something positive towards independence.
1: It, and and Alan, that message of uh, people working together regardless of party. Um, you know coalescing around you know doing the right things in terms of campaigning uh, for independence is really important isn't mm-hmm. it and and you, you would um, as an activist yourself but you know you would say that it's really important to to break down the barriers now wouldn't you
3: oh and, and absolutely so and that was one of my pitches as I was going for the selection in, in Stirling in mm-hmm. 2019 that the the SNP I believe will form the core of the yes movement and mm-hmm. that we've got the most people we've got uh, and, 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 and we've got a structure that already exists, but there's people who won't want to join an SNP banner or want to do something else mm-hmm. or have a different view about the future, and, and, and that's fine. That's the point. And I'm really keen, and I'm always keen to work cross-party. That's, that's mm-hmm. more my style. I, I'm not. I don't, I don't like being tribal, uh, but we all need to have the same goal, and the same goal is independent.
1: Is that a message you would take to other parliamentarians as well from different uh, parties?
3: It, it's one of the things that really get dinned into me in brussels and i spent my first year essentially performing for Mm. my base my my core base and i was fighting for scotland and uh, everything was a battle everything was a ramy when actually Mm. you might not you'll meet any other politician and you won't agree on everything but actually there'll be a big chunk of things in the middle that you can get stuff done with yeah and i find that personally more rewarding i find that more satisfying i get more stuff done and the yes movement, we, we need to focus on the prize. And, and this is some of the stuff that we've been through lately. And it's mm-hmm. where Sterling and, and Yes Sterling has been so constructive mm-hmm. that it's like, well, we can agree to disagree on some stuff. Let's focus on the stuff where we, we do. And anybody's welcome to that banner. And if they want to come to the SNP banner, I'm delighted. If they want to go to a Yes Sterling banner, which is where we've got mm-hmm. a close but not the same mm-hmm. uh, way of working. Uh, but equally if people want to talk about division or fringe issues that just upset people, it's like, come on guys, you know, they're, they're, they're let's they're look at the big picture. there's here. a thing yeah. to win here yeah, that actually yeah. is going to be really, really important. Yeah. and the people the people out there in voterland who are not eating and sleeping and breathing mm-hmm. this are looking to us to be united to be hopeful, to be upbeat, to be positive. and that's what independence is for me mm-hmm. and it, it, it's an energizer. you know I I, I I spent a lot of time well spent, years studying in Warsaw in Poland over the Mm -hmm. not long after the Berlin Wall had come down and Poland and the other Central European states Eastern European states had just regained their independence and it was exciting it was a bit frightening for some people there was a a, a crackling air of possibility around the place and I got a bit of that in the 2014 referendum and you'd never see the SNP coming up with a wish (laughs) tree Yeah. And, and that was the idea, yeah. it, 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 it yeah. energised <coughs> something that took on a life of its own and that's the bloody point! <laughs> uh, that, uh, yeah. our, our politics in the SNP I believe is about facilitating stuff, mm-hmm. not, not controlling it mm-hmm. Now we we as I say I think And of
1: course in an independent Scotland people would have their own ability to vote for whoever they wanted to. Precisely not, that. it, that's not it's not mean an end in itself, yeah. you know, being in the SNP or I, indeed any other party. Yeah.
3: Absolutely so. The, the the SNP has a revolutionary aim and independence is the genesis of actually Scottish politics. Mm-hmm. Where finally we get to stop talking about the constitution because that'll mm-hmm. be settled. Mm-hmm. So so we're facilitating that and we will not be in charge of an independent Scotland. The mm-hmm. people of Scotland will that's that's the point on and, and and, and well, uniting the yes movement yeah absolutely let's well, focus on the big picture guys
1: well, well Jerry, and then uh, Greg um Alan was talking about getting the energy going there and uh, obviously you know what we want to do is speak to people you know about becoming activists what would you say to anyone wanting to get involved in campaigning for independence but isn't sure how to go about it or has hesitations
0: um speak to me um, <laughs>
1: right we'll post your email
0: <laughs> um, it is interesting how you make that first step uh, and I think that's why if I, if I talk locally why I've been so keen over the years to try and keep as many avenues open as possible for people to make that first step it's a big first step to move from being a voter to being a supporter and then to be wanting to actually be involved and be an activist and when you go and get to that stage, see if any of your friends are interested, first of all, and, and come in through them, or see if there's a political stall, come in through that. Mm-hmm. Or talk that to people. I, I think we, as people who are in the process, need to keep as many avenues open as possible and never underestimate how big that step is. We, we're, we're steeped in activism. We've been involved in it five, six, ten, twenty 20, in my case, 40 years more. Um, And we think it's very easy. But it isn't. It's Mm -hmm. a big step from an activist. And I think we have to make sure, as people who are in the system at the moment, that we provide as many routes in as possible and we're as welcoming to people Mm -hmm. with new ideas. That's a great thing. One of the things I love about the party in the last few years is the influx of new members. I think it's been brilliant. Activism, um, t-
1: activism, of course, takes many different forms, doesn't it? I mean, you could be an activist are. just by, for example, sharing this podcast with somebody who wants to be uh, convinced of independence or, or you know, joining us stall uh, to, uh, to have a chat. Well,
0: you know, I, 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 when Greg's wanting to come in. I'll bring Greg in because himself and I are sort of co-producers of so, so many social media messages. <laughs> uh, the, fact the, matter, the fact of the matter is we, we need people now who have so many different skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, from being just wanting to turn up and put a leaflet through a door, which is essential through to creative ideas you know, this guy sitting here beside me has come up with so many great videos that have cut through, you know, Mm -hmm. the postal vote we know again, we know locally the difference it's made to securing our postal vote Mm -hmm. here. We we used to live in fear of the postal vote ballots getting open, now we we embrace them because we know we're going to win them
1: Indeed, and it's really important to get postal ballots for people both uh, in the referendum and for elections locally as well. Greg, do you want to come in on that, getting people active and uh, you know energising them?
2: Gary's been a bit modest there because we worked together on the on the postal voting uh, videos, and I'm really proud of that as well because there is a lot of resistance from activists that uh, postal voting can be cheated somehow, and it's, it's just it's the the stories that go around are just not true. And hopefully, we've, we've popped the bubble in a lot of them. But um, the, the thing about activists is that I think maybe if anybody's thinking about getting involved in activism, they may be worried, oh, I, I need to know everything. But like, what if they ask me this question on currency? Mm-hmm. You don't need to know everything. You can always say, you know, oh, well, actually, I don't know about that, but I can find out for mm-hmm. you because there will be an answer to that thing. You must but it can always be, as Jenny said, simple as just going at leaflet and doing stuff like that. Just uh, the last couple of weeks. 1 million free newspapers have been pu- put through uh, doors in Scotland, which was a combined effort between the SNP, the Greens, uh, the National Newspaper and Business for Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's an amazing impact because it can it also brings us back working together um, as activists and parties. Um, so uh, it, that was that, that. was an effort made, if you went in, in the that, S&P, th-
1: And that effort you're talking about, Greg, uh, was just before um a poll that was taken which showed 55 percent support for yeah. scottish independence
2: yeah and i think some of that some of that may have been an increase bec- be, you know partly because of that that newspaper but i don't have any any figures on that but there is there is another campaign actually this weekend which is a digital campaign mm-hmm. which is online and which is coming from business for scotland so it's like you mentioned there it, pe- people can can get involved and in, in, you know just sitting at home I mean a lot of my stuff is done being at home putting things out through yesterday and mm-hmm. positive stuff just to to pick up on a wee bit that was going to come earlier if you if you if you want to be an activist or you, you want independence that the thing that you should always just have in your mind is that when you put something on online or you say something to anyone or you discuss them have that thought in your mind that is this going to forward the, independent, the idea mm. of independence. Is this a positive yeah. message for somebody? If I tell somebody this or I put this out on, on the internet, is that going to make somebody watching it who's maybe a bit unsure or reading it yeah. that it's going to that so it's really going good, make them... A really
1: good example of things not to do is if somebody's been a convert to the yes cause having been a no voter, uh, the thing yeah. is not to tell them they were stupid in 2014, yeah. but to actually <laughs> no, congratulate no. them for uh, for making the journey. You're absolutely, absolutely. right. Absolutely,
2: and, and the important thing here, Drew, is is, you put up, is we actually need these people who voted you no know the first time exactly. to vote yes the next. Yeah. So we need to bring them on board. So anything that you're putting out there, make sure that it's positive. Don't start arguments with other activists or or start picking on people because people who aren't sure are looking on on. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on social media and reading your replies to people, and if they're not sure and they're looking at you being hostile in return, you know, be be positive back in touch. Sometimes it's very difficult, but you have to try. So to sum up, I asked Gerry, Greg,
1: and Alan to share what they most like to change in an independent Scotland.
0: I've been housing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I had the privilege of uh, serving for eighteen months as a local councillor. Um, and I can't state how, uh, how important, adequate housing mm. is to people. Uh, and not just the housing, the whole maintenance around it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of work to be done here at the moment, with we, either supplying new housing, new council housing, but also simply supplying, helping people who, who get a new house for the first time and how that house is maintained. I, I, sh- I shuddered the number of times we he gave, he gave a mm-hmm. key to a new house, uh, a single mum mm-hmm. with a baby, the front garden the back garden and we walked away <laughs> you know <laughs> how, how is that person going to cut even simply who's that person going to cut the grass so i would invest a lot of money in housing i think once people have i do get housing that's a base where everything can come i know edu- education education is important as well but if you don't have a house if you don't have a home it's a hard place to build anything else from. and so of course we can yeah. I'd, I'd like to see a lot more involved uh, I want more money invested in social housing.
1: So that's where you would spend the money on nuclear weapons and housing, yeah. for example. <laughs> and, and Gre- Greg, what, what's the one thing you would change?
2: Again, it's another survey that was was uh, produced uh, or, or through polling from uh, Business for Scotland to that people's priorities are NHS, pensions, the EU and environment. These are the things if we're tying this into you know, activism, these are the things we want to be mm-hmm. um, talking to people about because yeah. these are obviously the things that people will respond to, to well. Um, um, so all of these things are, are, are positive and we'll move our uh, our, our, our campaign forward. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and Alan, finally uh, to you, uh, that same question. Fascinating about Greg and Jerry's comments. Did, take it as read, all the, all the SNP's policies get implemented. Mm-hmm. Um, behind all of that but if I ruled the world and could wave a magic (laughs) wand I'll I'll give you two yeah uh, because I'm greedy Uh, first one is equalizing parental leave Mm -hmm. and making it compulsory Mm -hmm. Uh, same as Sweden's done Uh, we have a situation where there is an ingrained misogyny within our workplace that mitigates against the interests of women which mitigates against the interests of all of us and I Mm -hmm. think that needs to be remedied Uh, also it puts a burden on men that I think we need to evolve beyond Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the idea that uh, you know it's daddy daycare today, you know, daddy's looking after Day. the Waynes, That you know, we, need, we need to get past that. It would also spur, I think, the creation of a national care service for the Waynes, who would, would which would itself create mm-hmm. a great deal of employment and free up the economic potential. So that would be transformative for society. Uh, the other one would be making an element of international study compulsory mm-hmm. for senior school students, uh, university students, and college students, mm-hmm. uh, because. That would transform society in terms of just broadening people's horizons, mm. and, and it did for me. Yeah. It, it, it's not, I'm, I'm not talking about other people, I'm talking about myself. Mm-hmm. And I want other people to share that experience. And that would also spur multilingualism within Scotland, which I think could make us really very different, mm-hmm. again, to how the UK does business. So, mm-hmm. it, 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 if, I learned in Brussels, absolutely, if you want to buy, you can buy in English. If you want to sell, you need to make an effort. Mm-hmm and even just starting the conversation in somebody else's language I usually they will speak English better mm-hmm. than we'll speak their yeah. language but just that degree of empathy that I think Scotland can demonstrate uh, getting people out of their lives for a while then bringing that experience back would transform Scotland's uh, society really pretty fast I would say
1: Well in that progressive outward looking and, uh, uh, and collaborative note uh, we'll uh, we'll finish and I'll thank you uh, uh, Jerry and Greg and of course Alan for joining us yeah. on the Scotland's Choice podcast Great
3: fun,
2: good chat thank okay.
1: Well thanks again for listening don't forget you can find new and previous episodes of Scotland's Choice at scotlandschoice.scot If you can share this podcast, it can help others with their decision on Scotland's future I'm Drew Hendry and I hope you'll join me next time on Scotland's Choice.